The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It is September 4th, 2023. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. Oh, man. Got it. Have you ever had this uh, Reed's Real Ginger Ale? Uh, I can't remember if I have or not. It's pretty solid. Got a four-pack of this for my birthday last week. It's pretty solid. I've got one more left. Just kind of rationing them out. For those teetotalers, uh, good ginger beer, I feel like, is good. It's like hard to come by sometimes. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like going to breweries. Love a good brewery that has like a homemade ginger beer, ginger ale. Or birch beer or whatever they have. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for joining us on this lovely Monday evening, Labor Day. Happy Labor Day for those of you guys who uh, got to take today off. And uh, yeah, tomorrow's going to be hard for, I think, a lot of the country uh, going back. I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley over there on the other side of the screen. How are you doing? How are you doing tonight? Getting ready for uh, old Clemson? Too late. Oh man, <laughs> they've already started. I think we're gonna, yeah. um, yeah, we're probably gonna get a uh, copyright strike for you streaming. You just streamed, yeah. I don't uh, think that's how that works. College football game, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, how how's everybody doing? We got a we got a pretty uh pretty heavy trap so far. We got Richard Gordon, Stephen Perales made it on time tonight. Uh, Joe Johnstone making an appearance because it's uh early, I guess. Uh, Nathan Explosion, Elliot Beaven, what's up, guys? How's everybody doing? Uh, Joe Johnstone says. Red Rock or in Buffalo Rock? Are you wrong? I don't know, man. I don't know if I, I I can't say I've had those. So, but I'm trying to remember the one that has the seal on the cover. Hold on. Uh, Isn't that like Gosling's or something like that? It is. Yeah, Gosling's. You're right. Yeah. That's probably my favorite uh, that I've had, at least in the can. Anyway. Oh, man. So we, uh, I put out a, I put out a poll right before we went live a couple, I guess a few minutes before we went live asking uh, where we would finish, you know, uh, kind of discussion we started to have last week in terms of like our, our, our final position going into the playoffs, you know, top four, five to nine or out of the playoffs. And so far it seems like overwhelmingly people think it's uh, five to nine. So I guess we're going to be playing on the road. Yeah, I, I think that sounds right, man. I really don't think it's going to be um, – I don't I, I don't see them cracking into that top three or four. I really don't, especially, you know, it's get, the, the window's getting narrower and narrower, I guess. Um, 
And I, I'm not down on this team at all. I'm still riding high from all the the emotions going from those last couple of games. And even with the, the draw against Dallas, it was, you know, if anything, it was frustrating because they had a chance to win that game. Um, but again, it's like, You've got to you've got to finish games, man. You can't just be in that position to win matches and then just squander it whenever you're coming down the stretch, you know. And to Joe's point, like with the teams that we have left, that Atlanta's got to play. If you're not winning those games, like you had an opportunity to Saturday, um, it's 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 going to be a long road to the home. Yeah, no, I, I think you're probably right. I was a little more optimistic a few weeks ago. I think before the the Cincinnati match, uh, kind of dashed my hopes a little bit. Um, like I said, I think last week we talked about it, and you know, I was, I'm not necessarily, you know, frantic about losing to Cincinnati, given they're the best team in the league. And then also, I don't know. I guess the Dallas match is hard for me because I look at that like from a box score perspective, and I'm like, okay. You're going in. You're going into Dallas. Uh, what having played midweek, right? We yep. played Wednesday. Yep. Going into yep. Dallas on an away match, doing some squad rotation, and I think it was like away. the fourth game in two weeks or something like yeah. that. I mean, it's something yeah, something silly. Yeah. So we we walk away with a point, and like I look at that at face value, I'm like, I'm not so upset about that. But then I go back and I look at the way that we kind of squandered that. That's right. And honestly, you say like finishing matches i think starting matches correctly oh, like, that too, yeah the 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 miles mistake i don't know I, I would love to know how you guys feel about this in the trap this has always kind of bugged me because i think that defenders are prone to this mistake happening and and maybe it's just recency bias seeing it happen like shielding the ball for that long and having because you know that jesus ferreira in that instance is going to be riding miles robinson on that on that touch line and you can't like you can't fall over that i i guess you could see it either way like maybe you know fouls get called for that like yeah. what, what jesus ferreira did like you see center backs draw that foul all the time but like you can't bank on that happening um i don't know if miles went down easy what have you but you kind of just you have to play to the whistle right like yeah. you can't i don't know that that kind of that was just such a crappy way to start that match yeah. because all things considered, I thought we played relatively well for the rest of the match. Um, I think the biggest hindrance in that match was ultimately in a understandable change in lineup because there's been so many matches, right? Like there's been so many matches so frequently you have to have some rotation in the lineup going into that match and players that, couldn't play a full 90 that had to get subbed off late in the game that ended up, you know, maybe being the difference maker. I don't know if it was entirely, but it certainly sort of hindered Atlanta's ability to get that winning goal late, at least without those players in there, like Yakimakis and Saba and those other guys, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that was one of the biggest things too, was starting the match. We, t we talked about, I think everybody has ad nauseum about how much of an impact player Tristan Miyumba has been since he's been inserted into like a regular starting role. And then we saw him get rotated and probably rightfully so. Like, I mean, to your point, how many games do we play in the, the, a short stretch of time and to have him um, for, for a player who covers as much ground as he does. And um, yeah, I mean, 
going into the the home stretch of the season, making sure that you're not without him because you see how critical he is to your success on the on the field. Um, it was a, it was a little difficult going into the lineup, you know, or you know, our starting lineup. We had we had Sosa and Sadich in the uh, midfield when we had been used to seeing Miyumba and and Hosetu in the past few weeks yeah. um, playing pretty well together. Um, and yeah, it was just um, honestly, it was just a little uh, a little difficult. Again, like not the easiest place to go and play. Yep. Pretty decent, pretty decent side when you look at like Alan Velasco, Jesus Ferreira, like Camungo, and then you have a guy like uh, Yara Mendy. I don't, I don't know how Dallas snagged him from Sociedad. He's still like in his early thirties. Former Real Madrid player, just showed his. I felt like he really showed his his class out there on Saturday, and um, I mean they have a pretty pretty solid side and. Uh, yeah, I think they showed that against us, and you know, uh, I, I think we'll come back and we'll we'll have a better better showing uh, in two weeks, or I guess a week and a half. We get twelve days before our That's next right. match. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everybody gets How to catch up. How frustrating was that us. way that the the way that that game ended too was so frustrating. Like ball at Silva's feet with a chance in front of goal to do something and just completely squandered. After yeah. all of the praise last week about yeah. Brady's <laughs> Hopefully it's not like a feast or famine situation with him, you know? Like, yeah. I think it's probably understandable, I guess. Uh, you know, like, it's such a, it's such an easy thing to look at over such a small sample size of the game and in the time in which it happened and and get frustrated. But if that happens in, like, the 20th minute across, yeah. you know, a 90-minute yeah. start, uh, you know, it's not, it's not that not that huge of a deal. I th- I thought he was still relatively good on the ball. Um, yeah. I mean, Saba, I thought was fantastic. His goal was so nice. Um, yeah. just being able to turn like that, it was pretty poor defending. Uh, that's one thing I will say, like they gave him so much space, but maybe cause they don't, they don't know who he is or no. understand what he's able to do. And, and to be honest, I didn't realize that he had that type of, that type of uh, move and that type of shot in him uh, and seeing that was super promising. Um, Almada absolutely like tried to carry the team on his back for, for the better half of the game. And uh, you mean the better half of the season? Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the team's certainly turning a corner now, but I mean, that's been the better part of the season for him. Um, you know, Brittany S's comment about seeing Sosa in the 11. I was like, this is not going to be good. That was really kind of where I was going from. I mean, and by the end of it, he was, gassed man yeah i mean he hasn't played a match in a while it seemed like he had played an extra 20 minutes than he probably should have like he just did not seem match fit at all coming in considering he hasn't played much you would expect him to be out there um really giving it his all for a full 90 and to sort of see him come down to the 70th minute and really just seem to be completely gassed out or all the gas out of the tank was a little bit frustrating i think from somebody that wants him to you know be successful with the club and and have a successful showing and whenever we do need to call on him to be able to give you that full 90 that was that was tough to see yeah and i think that's what's for us for what's frustrating too i mean you look at what Stephen paralysis said i have it pinned on the on the video stream and he was saying i want to keep thinking sosa will improve he seems like such a nice guy and you know i 
if you've listened to the show over the past month or so, I'm I'm sure you think that I I dislike Santiago Sosa, but it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, whenever he debuted with us and under Heinze, really, I I keep seeing jokes about hide his water bottle. Um, and maybe he'll come back to form, but like he was so he came he, like he came onto the scene with Atlanta United was doing so well. Uh, it looked like a a great signing. Uh, it looked like money well spent, and it really hasn't panned out since he had his. I think it was a sports hernia injury, and it's yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's been a little frustrating. But to your point, you know, you don't play over the course of two weeks or whatever it is, and you're out there in the the Texas heat and trying to. Uh, trying to man a uh, box-to-box midfield role, and it's, yeah, it's going to show at a certain yeah. point. But yeah. um, you happen to see the Yakimakis yellow card. I don't think I caught that because I missed the first half altogether. So Let me see if – I was going to see if I could find it, but um, I would love to get everybody in the traps thoughts on whether or not that was a foul because yeah, he – I don't know how to describe it other than uh, I jumped, tried to jump over him and he got a yellow card for it. Um, it, was, it was very frustrating um, and, and kind of set him up for like a cautious game the rest of the match. It, I, he got, got away with, honestly, he probably should have had a yellow from the elbow that he threw and caught. Uh, I can't remember who he caught with it, but um the uh, what was that guy's name? Who was who did he catch with that? I think it was Martinez. He caught with that, gave him a bloody lip. Uh-huh. Um, but the one that he actually got a yellow card for was not a foul. Anyway, so he was kind of on the ropes for a lot of the game, and and I think that was a big reason why he got subbed out. And um, you know, we didn't have him as a threat. I think when did he get he got subbed out in the Jacomacus? Yeah. I think he was subbed out in like the 70th or right around the 70th minute. Yeah, 62nd. So we played like a third of the game without him with, yeah. with Miguel Berry in his place. Right, right. Yeah. Which so, we all know is not the same caliber of output that you're expecting out of a Yakamaka. So. Yeah. And it was about that same time that Saba came out too. Yeah, yeah. So again, uh, you, yeah, it was you, the exact same shift, yeah you're in this position that you really need goals and your, your engine to produce them is completely out of the match at that point. You know, it's, it's going to be really challenging to try and, and pull that back no matter which way you cut it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so Joe Johnstone who's saying that he undercut that, uh, the player, uh, that he got the yellow card on, but, um, I, I have to go back and watch it because it looked like he got there before the guy jumped. Like it looked like the guy jumped to try to get over him. Not. Yeah. Anyway, I guess there's no, uh, no, uh, video or no, uh, no gif of that, that foul, but, um, he's sitting on 13 goals now, uh, tied for the golden boot race, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Um, like we were saying the other day, like he's got, a real opportunity to potentially get up into that 17, 18 goals by the end of the season at this rate, you know? Yeah. Actually, I guess honey, honey, Mukhtar, honey, Mukhtar took back over, but gotcha. um, yeah, 14 goals, but well, yeah, I mean, he's scoring just about every match at this point. Yeah. What do you, what are you thinking about 
what do you think of Saba? The, what little you got to see him in in the lineup uh, on Saturday? I mean, it's certainly promising, and I think he gives some well needed, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like dynamism, I guess, or like some a little bit more of a dynamic look on that right side. Be consistent. Lennon bomb the right side crossover. Um, having Saba over there to sort of complement what Almada's been doing over as he drifts on the left. I mean, Almada's not really one side or the other, but to see Almada drift and seeing another player sort of do something comparable over the right side has been nice to see. Um, and so I think from that standpoint, it's really exciting because we've not really had that up top um, from a player that I can think of, um, you know, it's always been, you know, Gressel, Lennon, somebody just bombing and crossing, you know, so yeah. to have some, a player that can really dart and cut in with the ball, I mean, maybe Tito, uh, but even Tito would just run on a rail, you know, and run straight at guys. So to see a player sort of do what he's been doing has been, has been a, a welcome sight, you know? No, I agree with you completely. I'm trying to find the quote from uh, Teotl Football. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so I, I agree. Like it's he's far more technically sound to your point than than Tito ever was, but he does provide something completely different. And you can do overlaps at that point with with Brooks Lennon too on that That's side, right. and you could do the same thing with with Caleb Wiley on the left. Not that we've. I mean, it's kind of been doing that all year, but um, he was kind of up and then Gutman was behind him. But the, yeah, I don't know. His ability to get into the box, both of them, the way they attack from the wings in such a diagonal towards the box. And it's really, uh, it's definitely a welcome sight. And it's like, to your point, it's not something we had. And it's it's probably going to catch keep teams off guard. And it's going to give us, a to your, again, to your point, a little more dynamism there. Um, uh trying to find that damn quote <laughs> i can't uh, find it Look it was something that. to the effect of like uh, my favorite stat or my favorite reason uh or like reason to sign somebody is he gets in the box a lot just like just gets in the box yeah, yeah. yeah. i still really... you know even with saba and, and what we've seen out of uh, I, I gotta say of of all the people that have joined this season i'm not going to count Yakamakis in that group since I really am talking about everybody that's joined since mid-season. I can't say enough about how great it's been to see Mayumba in the midfield and his ability with the ball at his feet to continue to move with the ball rather than just pick out passes or to only be a dribbler. Like he seems to have the entire skill set that Atlanta really needs in that midfield to sort of be the utility player in the midfield with the technical prowess to lean on that allows Almada to take the space that he needs to, but still sort of be the anchor in the midfield, you know, uh, so that because Almada is going to drift all over the field. Um, so to have Mayumba there has been, Really, really great, in my opinion. I, I can't say enough, like, how much I've enjoyed seeing him in the lineup um, out of all of the sort of midseason signings. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. He's he's just a player we haven't had, and it's, yeah. it's fantastic. Um, 
and not not to like discount this season at all. But I just I'm excited to see what this team looks like with a full season, full preseason under their belts because they really have hit the ground running. Um, yeah. especially Saba and, and Shani Silva too. The but, biggest question mark this front office is going to have is as much as they're gelling, the glue that binds is the team moves around Almada and he's gone. I mean, there's no way he's back next year. There's no way in hell that he's back next year. But and what without if him, without him, what's this front office have lined up? And I would hope that they've already got irons in the fire and really, you know, getting prospects in place that are going to fit that because you've done all this work to build around a particular player with a particular skill set and you know that that's going to have an expiration date sooner rather than later and i would hate to see this team have the bottom fall out next year with all this talent on the field and nobody to link it all together no yeah i i, I swear i saw a quote that Almada said he was in no hurry to leave. Yeah, everybody says that until they have a huge offer on the table, <laughs> yeah. which he will undoubtedly have going into next yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, we had our um we were tested a little bit by I think it was Almeria in Spain and then Ajax in in Holland, both put in like a very underwhelming bid. Arthur, well, whoever, Garth and and Boca said, "No, nah, that's okay." Yeah. Um and that's when I thought I saw the quote that was like, I'm not in a rush to leave. You know, I really like it here, uh, whatever. But to your point, like, of course he he's going to say that because it's good for, I mean, it's good for the locker room and morality. If he's in, what's the alternative? He's going to say, our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs. So your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. Come on, highest bidder, sign me up. Like, of course he's going to say he's in a rush to leave. And I don't think he's in a rush to leave because if he was, again, there's bigger issues in the locker room than just his comfort level. But as soon as that offer comes in or at the position that he's looking at, he's of course out. I'll put it this way. He's not so comfortable and in no rush to leave that he's willing not to leave. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah, no, no, no. Like he's not going to turn down a great offer. And nor, right. neither is Atlanta United given ample no, time. No. I think, I think he, he probably does move in January whenever the, the European transfer window opens. And then we have time to fill that need and potentially get another DP. Well, actually, yeah. you know, what's crazy is we might be looking at three designated players positions if if the fourth gets added let's say they amend the cba at some point in the off season a fourth gets added we lose almada most likely and then saba i would think gets bought down to a tam deal yeah and then you're left with two or three dp signings so i think like we're gonna have a pretty clean slate in that regard going into next season um granted that that yakamakis doesn't get sold too because he was supposedly getting interest from from Europe already after uh after his first few months with Atlanta United. Yeah. Um are we still Boca out? Mateo's asking. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. It's man. Diff- it's it's difficult because if his has he made some terrible acquisitions and terrible trades? Absolutely. Has he also made good ones? Also, absolutely. Yeah, has you can't... one completely outweighed or diminished the other? I can't say that with one hundred percent certainty. I... Again, because of these midseason, like he keeps doing enough to fucking stay there. Like two months ago, especially after the Ibarra shit, I was like it, the Ibarra, the Ibarra, and the Gutman. Yeah, stuff. I was ready like, for what it. What the fuck are we doing, man? Now with Mayumba and Silva and these other guys that are in the lineup and Saba, I'm going, fuck. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. He's doing what he, you want him to do. And so, like I said, I don't see I don't see one completely outweighing the other to say definitively, like, I'm all in on Boca or I'm all out on Boca personally. Yeah, it, it's it's tough too because I see I see people on x.com uh that are you know still saying boca out and that these are garth moves well so what what is boca's job at this point then if if right. he was responsible for the bad moves he's not responsible for any of the good moves like is he not see that's that's the part of it that i don't know that i understand completely because yeah. like he works in tan he worked in tandem with Darren Eels, he works in tandem with Garth Lagerway. It's like how much input because if he's yeah, if he's really just like, I don't know, finding players and, and presenting that to Lagerway to sign them, like I don't know. It, it it's it's difficult because you know, I th- I feel like we've always kind of given him his just due whenever he has made good signings. Um that yeah. said, there have been some bad signings, like we've had some we've had to get creative because of what he's done in the past with roster yeah. management, with the salary cap and, and everything like that. And it's now we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel with that. Uh, was that you last week that said we're in for one more dark off season or one more yeah, dark transfer window? Must have been Dan. Oh yeah. So yeah, I mean, we're, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's tough for me to say. I mean, I, I don't know that I would really mind either way. Like, it, does it matter if Garth is in there and we're making good moves now? 
Like what is what is replacing Boca do at that point if if what you're saying is that Garth is really the one that's doing it? Like, is it just save us some salary and the administrative like right, right. That's where I find it kind of difficult, but yeah. um, I think it's fine. Like I, I like the direction the team's heading right now, so I don't agree. I don't know that you really have any, you know, upheaval in the in the front office at this point. So, yeah. uh, I think it was Brittany that was saying. So one of the one of the glaring spots, as it's been all year, is that backup striker position. So Yakamakis comes out, Miguel Berry comes in, does basically nothing. Yep. Daniel, is it Daniel Tiari? Um, what is the the new signing from from France? Oh, I'm not sure. Maltiari, sorry, uh, still waiting on his visa, I believe. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, I don't know. Like, I I want to get another guy in there, see what they can do behind uh, behind Yakamakis yeah. because yeah. because in the instance where you know Yakamakis is a hothead, if he's going to lose his cool, and we're going to have to take him off for this, you know, for a solid thirty minutes, twenty five minutes of a match. We have to still have somewhat of a threat right. up front. Yeah. That's and right. I think that's probably what separates us from, I don't know, probably the rest of the playoff pool in, in the East is that we really don't have another threat coming off the bench right now. Right. So, I don't know. Right now, Mike Conti posted it earlier saying that if the playoffs were to start today, we would be playing a, a best of three series against Orlando City how sweet that would be um to That'd see them yeah to see them have a good game or a good season and then just take them out of the playoffs that'd be that fantastic be yeah um yeah just going and having you know best of playoff series is weird it's weird so i don't know it's um did you catch any of the other the other matches did you catch the uh anything with football them? started this weekend man I watched the Colorado TCU game. You want to talk about that? You want to mm. talk about prime time, baby? And Shadur, <laughs> his uh, his son went off, huh? Yeah, yeah, he had a hell of a game. No, I like. Well, I watched more college football than I did MLS this weekend. Gotcha. Yeah, we had Miami. You remember? I, I know we talked about it last week in turn like Miami. Oh yeah, LAFC Miami, right? Yeah. Oh, I was way wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was way wrong. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's see if they can uh, make that playoff push. But uh, I think I don't know who I saw posted. Just another thing on the internet, but just that like, as long as Messi's in the lineup or starting games, they're not going to lose any in MLS. Dude, I mean, I'm they still haven't. You, man. I'm telling they you, lost. they're going to fucking make it in. They're going to make it in. I'm telling you, they're going to make it in. Uh, it's going to be They've crazy got a if they do. No chance to make it in, and if they win out, they're in. And I, I absolutely see it happening. Yeah, no, I do too. And I can uh, see them fucking making a run at a cup. Well, if they're in, oh, they win. Anybody that's going up against them, because again, like not only are you playing against, depending on who you ask, you know, one of or the best player in the world, um, you know, you have to contend with the skill level on the field. But then you also, as a team, have to manage the mentality of your players to not get starstruck against playing against him. 
And that is inevitably what's going to happen and continues to happen week in and week out. And that is a intangible that you cannot plan or coach around. Like that is not a set piece. It's not a drill. It's nothing like that. It is a player running full clip to make their, you know, make an impact on him when he's on the ball and him making him look like an idiot or completely giving him space to do what he wants to, because they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like that's a, a factor that again, is going to change every single game that he's a part of for the remainder of this season. Now next season, maybe players that have he's, they've made the rounds at that point and players have sort of settled into that. But this year, man, it's going to be a wild ride down the stretch. It really is. And I can see him fucking doing it. I really can. Yeah. They have so much quality in the entire starting 11 at this point. And just, yeah, it's, it is a sight to behold to go into LA and beat them. What it was a three, one, three, nothing, three, one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was not, (laughs) I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, uh, they're going to do it. They're going to fucking do it. Uh, Brittany S. brings up a good point. Said, we're, so we're not playing Etienne at all. Where are you going to uh, play him? Where are you playing said, him over right now? I don't know. I mean, Tyler Wolf started over him yesterday or Saturday. True. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it shows how little this team is buying in, I guess. Or is he hurt? Like, was he in the in the 18? Uh, I have to go back I, and look. I, I've been so used to him not playing at this point that I don't think i noticed he was on the bench oh no he was on the bench like he hasn't played since he hasn't played since july 15th yeah almost against orlando that's crazy yeah you know six hundred fifty thousand dollar a year signing and he's not playing at all yeah but now he has i mean take Tyler Wolf out of the situation, you know, he's not going to unseat Shonda Silva. So I don't know how he gets back into the lineup and, you know, where we go moving forward with him. So yeah, Bernie, I said, wow, in terms of him not playing since July. uh, And honestly, dude, when you talk about the mentorship role and the overlap of players with youth, I would much rather have Wiley under the wings of a Gutman or a Silva than under an Etienne based on what I've seen over the course of this season over on that left side. Yeah. I just, no, I mean, you're not wrong. You know, it's bigger than just one player and, and bigger than one player's contributions. I mean, contributions sort of go hand in hand with that, but you know what that experience that Wiley is getting over the course of this. I mean, think about that. Like, think about who Wiley has played under and around over the course of his entire season, cementing his role as a starter on that left side. Like, he's played with Gutman, he's played with Almada, he's played with Silva and Etienne all on that side. And those are four very different players at very different skill sets and, and very different, like, skill levels. And as a result, like, he is going to get substantially better having played with all of them in one way or another. I think the the difference are the ones that you want him to consistently be playing around that are going to elevate his ability and his skill set, which I think is more along the lines of the the Silva or the Gutman rather than the Etienne. At least from yeah. what we've seen of him in Atlanta, 
And it may just be the fit system, other players around him. I don't know. But at least what we've seen of him, I mean, it seems like Pineda can't even find where to place him. We've seen him on the left side. We've seen him on the right side. Like, I, I don't know where he fits in this lineup. Yeah, I'm not sure I do either. Um, and it, you know what I just realized? I, I I hope it was just like a scramble type thing, but Shawnee Silva's on loan right now. So he's his player rights still belong to Nottingham Forest. Hopefully we can hopefully there's a permanent uh permanent clause in that in that loan where he can make a purchase. Um Brittany asks asking how we can bring Firmino next year. I hope you're talking about Roberto Firmino, but I think you're talking about Nicholas Firmino from the twos. And we can bring him in because it's going to be a great year. Um and maybe could uh kind of uh, fill the gap of the Almada uh, departure. So, um, Are you surprised to see Pineda playing Miles and Abram pairing more than Miles and Parada? A bit, a bit. Because Parada's been, I mean, I think Parada's been certainly earned that spot, but Abram has done the job. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's I think tough because, is a little bit more of a veteran presence back there, though. Um, I the only thing I would say is I felt like our defense was a little less assured. Um, I think as Abram has gotten to uh to form and integrated into the lineup, he looks like a pretty good partner for Miles. Um, I felt like with Parada, I always felt kind of shaky at the back line. I still don't feel super great, but we, I mean, we have definitely tightened up the back line since yeah. as much as I hate to say it since Gutman's departure. And yeah. then also since since Parada has been benched, uh, Abram, I felt like is, I feel like has been playing pretty well. And I think that, you know, give credit where credit's due, right? Like we talked about the whole Boca situation and the frustration whenever um, Gutman went out. And I know that there were several people online making this point. And in hindsight, I think my emotions got the better of me because of Gutman's contributions on the field, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But first and foremost, you need him to play on the defensive side of the ball. And he, with the amount of goals that Atlanta was conceding, you can't help but look at the the players that you had on that side of the ball, himself included. And, you know, got to give credit where credit's due. Like, to your point just now, Atlanta does seem a lot less shaky on that side of the ball of late since Gutman's departure. I don't think it was all on him, but it was certainly a part of that. And whether it was he was tracking too far forward, and that's why he was getting those touches and making so much of a presence, and Wiley being so inexperienced and being able to track back and cover those positions whenever Gutman went up there, um, it's certainly a, a different sort of film to watch now than it was then yeah 100 percent. yeah I, I i don't know like how bad would that cincinnati game have been if we yeah. were uh if we were playing our starting back line from the beginning of the season yeah yeah i don't know um yeah i think i don't know man i don't i really i don't love to wrap up a show at 36 minutes but also don't really have a, a ton more um 
you know, looking down the stretch of the season, uh, uh, just to go over the schedule real quick of who we still have. Um, I still do think we'll, we'll finish in the, uh, in the playoffs or in the playoff picture, but, um, I see, I see them getting, I can see them locking in fifth. I really do. I don't see them jumping up into fourth though. Yeah. Philly and Columbus, I think have both played really well recently too. They're in front of us. Orlando's playing well. And then we have like a Nashville side who just took, you know, I mean, we beat the brakes off of Nashville, but they're still a good side. And yeah, yeah, I think the middle of that playoff order in, in the East is going to be kind of a shit show. So, yeah. Uh, let's see Atlanta. Yeah. We have Miami obviously at home. It looks like Messi might be playing. They're being kind of cagey about his involvement in the Argentine national team for the, for his call up. It doesn't sound like he's, I think he's probably going to be rested during their, uh, during the international break. Uh, we got to I think as much as it's the sort of messy tour for every club that he's involved in of late, especially with Argentina winning world cup and stuff like that. Messi is going to decide what Messi does at this point. And I think it seems very obvious that his priorities are with Miami and making them successful. And I don't think he has anything to gain by playing with Argentina right now. Yeah, no, resting I, yeah. and being healthy for the remainder of the season that he can make a very real impact with the club that he's playing with here in MLS. Yeah, because it's a it's a group of friendlies or uh no, it's World Cup qualifying. Um but it's like the early, early stages. Oh yeah, playing yeah. Ecuador and Bolivia. So not to write those teams off, but I think they would be fine without Messi. Um, yeah, so we have Miami at home. We go to DC the following in uh, the following week on Wednesday, and then back home on Saturday against Montreal. Yeah. Then to Philly, back home to Columbus, and end it to Brittany. <laughs> Brittany's point: Get FC Cincinnati. Let us win in their stadium. The last match of the stadium or last match of the season. That would be great. Um, and, and I guess this is an interesting question. How will the Benz react if Joseph scores against us? Ugh, I don't want to think about it. I can't help but think they're going to cheer. I don't care. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> uh, how's Clemson doing? They're winning? It's, it was an ugly first quarter, man. Duke's up 3 nothing. They blocked Clemson's tying field goal, and Duke is driving on the 30 right now. So probably right. got the 10-0 game at the start of the second. Perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah. I don't really have much else. I don't know about you, but – no, I think that's I think that's about it. Um, so we're on a little bit of a break, like you said, um, and hopefully Atlanta can continue to to gain traction and a and a foothold on their playoff standing going into playoffs. I think that that's really, you know, if they can at least maintain, I think that's that's really all they need to do. I mean, could, would it be great if they climbed to fourth? Absolutely, but the last thing we need to do is slip down into the wild card, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't know. I still have pretty, pretty good faith in, in us finishing out the season pretty strong, even though we're going up against a pretty tough schedule. Um, 
we're definitely a formidable opponent at this point, especially with our best 11 in the, in the lineup. Um, yeah, cool. Well, thank you guys for, uh, for tuning in. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at home before dark. That's before spelled being the number four. We'll be back next time. If you want to know whenever we go live, be sure to like, and subscribe to the bell icon on YouTube. Um, thank you to everybody that tuned in in the trap. We'll see you then as always. Be home before dark. Bye guys.